Well, I'm excited to be able to share with you again our, in our series, Be Last, is coming up to leading into Easter. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 10. That's our text for today, in Luke chapter 10. But I just wanted to go over a reminder from last week. To, you know, we were, lit, were doing this Be Last, and last week was about living a life of service and of ministry to, to others. And Jesus said, if you want to be the greatest then you must become the servant of all. So we saw in it a formula which was humility plus service equals greatness. It's what we saw. And so today, a little hot. Today we're going to uh, look at another topic. It's called Be Last, but it's going to be living a life of mercy. Living a life of mercy. I would venture to say, if I were to ask most of you in this room this question, and that is, do you care about people? Or do you care about people? Most of us would probably say, yeah, you know, I care about people. I'm concerned about people. I'm concerned about people's needs and, and to be able to try to help in any way I can. And we're going to see, though, today, Jesus is going to give us a story that's going to really challenge uh, a certain person that asks a question to him. It's going to challenge all of us because it goes to show, you know, we can say that we have mercy and that we love someone and want to show compassion. We can say that, but what's more important is proving that and demonstrating that and living that out in our day-in, day life. And so we're going to see a clear example of that in the text today. If you have your Bibles, we're in Luke chapter 10, and it's the story, and you probably have heard this one before, of the Good Samaritan. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. In, in fact, every parable is going to be leading to a point of showing that salvation is in Jesus and Jesus alone. But what we're going to see in this parable was there was a lawyer who came to Jesus, and he asked a question to him. And he wanted to know what he must do to inherit eternal life. And so Jesus basically... Uh, did uh, a thing by turning the question back to him. And he was a lawyer, and it's not a lawyer like we would think in the extent, uh, a lawyer being someone that knows all the laws, attorney or something like that. He was a lawyer in the fact that he knew the Old Testament. He knew it backwards and forwards. He was a person that understood most everything in the Old Testament that we would know of as far as the law is concerned. And from Genesis through the book of Deuteronomy, he knew all about that. So he was really testing Jesus. What must I do? And Jesus basically turned the question back to him, and he said, what does the scripture say? And it sa he said, well, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbors yourself. And Jesus said, you've answered correctly. You're, you're right. You're on the right track. And then... The fellow pushed the issue a little bit more, and then he said, well, uh, he, didn't, he didn't even deal with the God question. He went on to the neighbor thing. He said, well, who is my neighbor? And that's where we're going to pick up in the text today, about living a life of mercy. And so we'll pick up here in verse 30 of Luke chapter 10. And Jesus replied and said to the lawyer, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, and they stripped him, and they beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, a priest was going down on that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. 
And likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place, he saw him, and he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion, and he came to him, and he bandaged, bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and he put him on his own beast, and he brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. And on the next day, he took out two denarii, and he gave them to the innkeeper, and he said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. So that's the story. Great story. Story of the Good Samaritan, as we know it. And so what I want to do is give you a little bit of background leading into this story, and that is uh, the fact is here was a man who was in need. Here was a man who was in need. And Jesus describes the story as a man was on that journey from Jerusalem down to Jericho. Now, you might, know, might not know much about the land of Israel, but we're talking about the city of Jerusalem was approximately 3,000 square feet above, uh, 3,000 feet, not square feet, but feet above sea level. And, and then Jericho was about almost 1,000 feet below sea level. So we're talking about a road that was windy. We're talking about a road that was dangerous. We're talking about a 17-mile stretch that actually descended off of this, this mountain down into this region. And it was also a place known as the Way of Blood, or it was a trail of blood, because it was notoriously known that many robbers would hang out on that road. And so as they caught somebody coming by, they would actually rob them and do whatever it needed to to take whatever they wanted from them. So it was known for that. So Jesus is basically telling this story. And look what happened to this particular robber. They, they took every, they robbed him. They took everything the man had. They stole from him. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him. And then they left him there half dead. And so this is the picture we have of this individual. A person is in need. This is like if we were to come up on this situation, this would be the one that, what would we do if we came upon a situation like this? What do we do in our day and time? What would we do? This is what we would do, wouldn't we? We'd, we'd hit 911, and we'd get emergency response out there, ASAP, to take care of that need. I know we would. That's, that's how we operate, but... Listen, have you ever come up on a scene before? Have you ever been the first one on a scene that had just happened and there was, it was a bad mess, but you were there and you happened to come up on it? I had that happen to me years ago. I've, as a chaplain for Barry County, I've rolled on to a lot of scenes and it's been somebody's worst bad day that they could ever have. But on this particular day, I was coming down 81 just below Winder and I saw this huge... Uh, puff of smoke go up in the road and then I heard a loud boom and little did I know but two service trucks had collided head-on on 81 uh, just before you get to Turtle Creek right in that area just over those hills just south of Winder and when that explosion happened I topped that hill and I saw I've been on a lot of scenes but I saw the cab the top of the cab off this truck was completely gone okay it was gone. And uh, there was a guy that was sitting there in the seat. And uh, I'm going to tell you, it was the, one of the worst scenes I'd ever seen because 
the thing caught him right here. And I don't know if you've ever seen anybody scalped, but this man was scalped. And it was, I, I, it was kind of freaky, y'all. So I, this story of the way of blood reminded me of that story when I came on that scene. I actually went on that scene, put my hand on top of his head to help hold that down. And he was conscious. He was talking to me. And so, you know, I thought he was about to bleed out and die right there on the spot. And so, man, we had a heart-to-heart -heart talk about God in that moment. I asked him straight up. I said, listen, do you, do you have a relationship with God? Do you? Because I thought he might go out on me, might die on that scene. But uh, we ended up, we prayed right there. Well, he survived that whole incident. I don't know how, but God got him through that situation. But it was one of those situations, if, if you're like me, when you rolled up on a scene and you saw the need, you, you just kick in. Action just kicks in if you care for people. You, I just couldn't walk away from somebody that was like that and was needing assistance. He was, he was really crying out, and I wanted to be there for him. I wanted to respond to him. Well, in this story, this guy was beaten, left half dead. And so Jesus tells in the parable, he said, here, here it comes. He's, he's telling the lawyer, he said, and by chance, a priest comes down the road. By chance. And so this lawyer has got to be thinking, man, this is this guy's lucky day. Because here comes a priest. And the priests understood the Old Testament. The priests knew all the rules and regulations as far as taking care of those that are hurting and needy and need and so and be gracious and humble and kind, show compassion. Priests knew all of that. Now some have tried to argue and say what well, the priests didn't want to go over and take care of the guy because it would have made him ceremonially unclean. Well, I don't, I don't really buy into all that. I don't. Because he was coming from Jerusalem back down to Jericho. So Jerusalem's where they do all the priestly stuff, okay? So he was on the way back. So I don't buy into that. But what happened was he looked and he saw the man in need. And what did he do? It says he turned and went the opposite way. He turned away from it. And you know, you can only imagine that this lawyer hearing this, answer, this story from Jesus is going, whoa, 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 wait a minute. He turned away? Man, it was this guy's lucky day by chance that the priest came. And then he says, and then a Levite came. The Levite, the, the priests were from Aaron and the descendants. The Levites were, were from Levi of the tribes of Judah, I mean of, of Jacob. And so the Levite was someone that actually was an assistant to the priest. They knew the law as well. And he knew what he should have done. But the Bible says that in the story that he saw the man as well. But what did he do? He turned as well and went in the opposite direction. And so this guy's, <laughs> this guy's hearing this story. And he's going, wait a second now. These are two people that should be showing the love of God to a person that's in need. And they just saw it, and they just turned their backs to it and walked away. And then he picks up, and he says there, in verse 33, he says, But a Samaritan was coming along as well. Now, 
the Samaritans were, were people that were not thought well of by the Jews. And so this lawyer, hearing this, he's, when he heard the word Samaritan, he's got to be going, oh, oh. See, we're, we're not told the man indeed whether he was a Jew or whether he was from Samaria or, or what nationality he was. We're just told he was a man in need. But this Samaritan is seen as an outcast because, see, the Jews, a Samaritan was a Jew that had intermarried with a Gentile. And so they were racially mixed, and from the Jews' standpoint, they, they, they despised them. They, were, they despised them. They didn't keep the law, and they were not holding to the law. So for him to bring up the term Samaritan here in this story would have caused this person to just cringe. In fact, Samar uh, Jews would not even walk through the land in the region of Samaria because they despised them so much. And Jesus chose to walk through it. He even talked with the the lady in, at the well in Samaria. And so we see a contrast of what Jesus is pointing out, but this, this is something that would be racially, politically, spiritually. These people, a Samaritan and a Jew, were miles apart when it came to these kind of issues, and culturally as well. And so, I mean, you think about in our country, do you think there's racial tension in our country? Do you think that there are people that hate one another just simply because of race? Do you think there are people that hate each other because of religion? Do you think there are people that hate one another in this country because of politics? Do you? Well, if you were to put all of that together, in this, here it is in this story. Here's a Samaritan who is despised and thought little of by this lawyer, in fact. But what does he do? What does he do? The Bible says he saw, and then it said he was moved with compassion. And then he went over, and he began to meet the needs of this man. The Bible even says that he, he went and he began to minister to him. It said that he, he poured oil, and he, he poured wine upon the man's wounds. The, the wine was used as, um, to take care of the infection. And the Bible used the word poured. It, he didn't just take a little bit and just dab it over here. He poured it. And this was the Samaritan's supplies, you see, as he traveled. He had his wine. He had his oil. This was for drinking. It was for cooking. So these were his basic necessary needs as he was on the journey. But he was so full of compassion and love to meet the need that he actually tore his clothes off and began to pour the the wine to pour the oil and the wine was used to disinfect and the oil was used to bring healing and soothing to this individual and so he did all of this and he bandaged him up and this guy was so busted and banged up he couldn't walk so what does the Samaritan do he takes him and actually puts him up on his beast and his animal we don't know if it's a donkey or mule it doesn't matter he put him on his beast and then he carried him down to an inn and so when he carried him to this end, the scripture says that he didn't just drop him off and say, you know, good luck with you. He stayed with him all night, and he took care of his needs throughout the night because the scripture says the next day he got up and he went to the innkeeper, and he said to him, here, here is two denarii, which is 
the equivalent of a day's wages, but as far as taking care of that guy, it was like saying, here's a month advance on, if this guy needs to stay here a month, here's a month's advance on it for him to stay in this inn. And then he went on to say, you know what? When I, I'm on a journey, and when I get back, if there's any other expenses that he's incurred, put them on my tab. Put them on my tab. Boy, is this a gracious story? Is, is this showing love? I mean, this is, does he even know him? No, he doesn't even know him. And so he is doing all of this. And this is the picture that we get. So this lawyer's got to be sitting there thinking, wow, wow. And so Jesus then turns and asks the lawyer a question. He says, now which of these, pick, follow with me, he says to him, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor? Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor? The proof is in the pudding. And that's exactly. It, the priest saw the need, turned, walked away. The Levite saw the need, turned, and walked away. But the Samaritan saw the need and did all of those things for someone he did not even know. And so the lawyer, how does he respond? The lawyer should have said, man, it was the, it was the good Samaritan, right? <laughs> He couldn't even get the word out. He just said, the one, the one who showed mercy to him. That was the response in the story. The one who showed mercy and so improved it. And so Jesus says, well, go and do the same. So we have a picture in a story of showing mercy of what it's like to be last. Because, you know, in this story, this guy was on his journey. He had all of these supplies, but he, he showed the love and compassion, was willing to do whatever it took to meet a stranger's needs that he didn't even know. Wow. Which one showed the love? It's easy to see it, isn't it? It's the, it's the Sumerian. And, you know, that was hard for that guy to admit that day. Let me ask you a question. Cross... Think of a people group in this world that you might not like. Think of that people group or a group of people. I've grown up in the South and I'm fully aware and know it well enough to know that I've lived in the South and I've known people that hate other people just because of how they looked. And you know, this is very similar to this story right here because this was someone that was doing something that crossed lines. And I want to give you these points this morning, and they are this. God's mercy cannot be earned. It can only be received. And I'm going to tell you the reason of that. When we show the mercy of God to others, like this good Samaritan showed in this case, we don't have it within our own abilities to show that kind of love. Do you follow where I'm coming from? We don't. Because our tendencies is to take care of ourselves and our need. Who can, who can in this room could fully say that I have kept the whole law, I have never faltered in one point? Who in this room could say I have loved the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, 
every day as long as I've lived. Not a one of us. Who in this room could say, I have loved my neighbor as myself throughout my lifetime? I would venture to say no one in this room could say that. So what I'm saying to you is what is, as, what is impossible for us to do can only be made possible through the love of Jesus Christ and the mercy that he's shown to us being poured out to us and then revealed in us through others. That's the way it's got to happen. The only way is God's mercy cannot be earned. It can only be received. When you and I receive God's mercy and we realize, hey, we're the ones that are the sinners. We're the ones that are messed up. We're the ones who cannot keep the law. We're the ones who need the grace and the love of God. Then when we receive that, then we then have the ability to show that kind of mercy and love and compassion to others. Have you ever, have you ever thought, you know what, there is no way I could love that person. I don't even like that person. Well then, what does God do to you? He usually uses that person to teach you something about himself. He really does. And it's one thing, isn't it? And I know I've been there. It's one thing when people say that they love you, but it's a whole other thing when people prove and demonstrate that they love you. And in this case, the Samaritan proved it. In this case, the priest did not prove it, and the Levite did not prove it in their actions. But the Samaritan did. And they had to admit it and come clean with it. Here's the next thing I got out of this, and that is God's mercy has no racial, social, political, or cultural boundaries. God's mercy has no racial, social, political, or cultural boundaries. We're to show the love of God to all, to all people. No matter their race, no matter their social background, no matter their political views, no matter their culture that they're in. We're to show the love of God. Now listen, we might not agree with people. And that's one thing. That's okay. There's a lot of people I'm not going to agree with, but we're still to show the love of God to people in these cases. You follow where I'm coming from in this? You know, there's, uh, there's a lot of Christians giving bad names to a lot of things out there. But the love of God conquers. Love never fails, y'all. Compassion and mercy never fails. It never will. In fact, you know, they hated, um, the Jews ended up hating Jesus so much that one day they said, do we not say rightly about you that you are Samaritan and you have a demon? Hmm. Now here, here was the religious people saying to Jesus, you're a Samaritan and you have a demon. Do you think they could have delivered a more racial and blow than talking. You're talking to the Son of God and saying, oh, you're, you're the lowest class, the lowest. You're a Samaritan, and you even have a demon. Man, those are fighting words in the South, amen? All right? That, they would be fighting words. Has somebody ever said something to you on a racial way, and you just wanted to just let out at them? You just wanted to get back at them. You just wanted to... Just go for the throat, man. Let's just get it on like Donkey Kong right now. Let's go. Hmm. Man, Jesus, Jesus is radically hitting me with this message because there are some people 
I don't like their lifestyles. I'll bet. I don't like their lifestyles. But the, this scripture is teaching me that But I must love them. I may not approve of their lifestyle. I may not agree with it. I'm not going to hang out with them. But I am yet to love them. And there is the difference in proving that love. Just think of the, a group or a person that was in need and they're on the road half dead. Would I take the time to do what the Samaritan did? I got to ask my, the, myself that question. Would I take the time to do it? Or would I be just too busy? Oh, I got to take care of church stuff. I don't have time to mess with this person over here. Look at them. They're half dead over here. Huh. It takes time to get over here. It takes resources to get over here. It takes love to be over here. But then this, this is thinking of others more than yourself, but the priest goes on about his way. He might be busy going to do church things, but you know what? I, I got to think in this story, if someone walks away from something like that, it has to keep coming back to their mind. Have you ever had somebody that you saw that was in need, you didn't help meet the need, and you kept being reminded of that need? Have you ever had that happen to you? I was at the post office in Monroe a few weeks ago, and this lady was on a bicycle riding around, and she said, Sir, uh, my daughter and I need food. Can you help me? And I don't normally carry a lot of cash. You know, we got the debit cards or whatever in our, our things that we do, but I just happened to have a little bit of cash. And so I reached in, and I pulled out. I had $5, and I think that's all I had. I gave it to her. And so, I, you know, I went on in and, and to the post office and got the mail and came out. And she came right back up to me and said, Sir, my daughter and I are in need. Do you have anything you can get me? And I was sitting there thinking, I just gave her $5. And she don't even remember. I just gave her $5. And so part of me was just like, come on, woman, give me my $5 back, okay? You know? But I had to walk away from that going, you know what? My heart went out to her. And I looked at her and I said, do you, you don't remember me? And she, then she went, oh. So I don't know what all she was doing, but all I know is this. You know, whenever you do meet a need like that, I've heard people say, well, you don't give to folks like that because you know what they're going to do with it. They'll spend it all in the wrong way. That's on them. But if God ever leads you to bless somebody and say, you know what? This is not my money. This is Jesus' money. And Jesus has told me to give this to you. And so you have a blessed day. Okay? Then what they do with it then is up to them. But it's your money, and it, we say it's our money, but it's not really our money, it's Jesus' money. And if Jesus wants us to bless them and do something, then I think we should do the right thing. Amen? I think we should. You know, our feelings might get hurt or whatever, but so be it. We just move on. It's better to err on the side of mercy than to be like the priest and the Levite who just turn away from it and walk away as if they never did even see it and went on. All right, here's another one. God's mercy has been shown to us, therefore we are to show mercy to others. There's no doubt about this one. <laughs> who in this room cannot say that God's mercy has been shown to you? You know, aren't you glad that his grace and his mercies are fresh and anew every day for you? 
You know, great is his faithfulness. You know, in the mornings I declare his glory. In the night I, I declare his faithfulness. But every day God is that way toward each and every one of us. And I'm so glad he is. Did anybody blow it this past week? Did anybody sin? Did anybody come short of something this past week? Well, listen, if you did, you're not alone. But here's the difference. The person that does goes, you know what, God? I admit it. I blew it. I know what I deserve, but I am so thankful for your grace and your mercy that's fresh and new for me today. And so you come clean and you keep on going in the journey. And you see, if you do mess up and blow up, you know what the devil wants you to do? He wants you to sit and sulk, and he wants you to stay in that mindset that is all thinking about you and your sin. And what you, we have to do is come clean, confess it, and then when we do, it's, it's behind us, and then we get to walk on in the joy of the Lord. That's the Christian life. And listen, it's a battle every day, isn't it? It's the spirit. The Holy Spirit within you its the flesh that's coming against you. It's a war every day. And so what we have the opportunity to do is demonstrate through the love and the Spirit of God the things that can show grace and mercy to people that are in need. Because I want to tell you, if I'm walking in the flesh, I'm not going to see that need. And I'm going to just keep going and do my own thing. won't even try to take care of a need because I can't see it because I'm so full of myself. But if God's grace and mercy has been shown and revealed to us, then we're the ones who should be showing and revealing the mercy of God to others because we've been recipients of it, okay? And here's one other thing. Notice in that uh, verse, uh, I believe it's toward the end there, verse 37. The one who showed mercy did these three things. The Samaritan, he saw the need, he was moved with compassion, and he put the need of the other ahead of himself. That's the key. He saw it, the others saw it, but he saw it. He was moved with compassion, and then he put the other's needs ahead of himself, and he took care of it. That's the story. That's the story. And that's the lesson I want to learn today. And I'm with you in this journey. You know, the, the thing about it is we're, we're going to encounter people that truly have needs. And, you know, and I'm not talking about just picking up everybody that's out there on the side of the road with their thumb out. You never know. You never know. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when a 911 situation or another situation where there's truly a legitimate need and doing something about it. Okay? That's what we're talking about here today. What excites me about this is this truth. This past, you know, we've been praying about meeting needs of those in our community that nobody else might want to help meet. And this past week, I, I had an email from an individual that's on staff in one of the schools. And they emailed me and they said, could, would it be possible that your church could help our teachers with a need? And I responded back and said, we would love to. We would love to help meet that need. And so this, here's, here's something that we're doing and going through a series about being last. And I was sitting there going, God, give us opportunities. Give us opportunities. And then, bam, one came. And so she came back and she responded with gratis. 
rocks. Grand's church rocks. And so I don't even know what that means, but it rocks, okay? So we rock. But here we go. We're, but we're going to meet a need. We're going to meet a need. All right? And that's, that makes me know that the world needs to see and see in the proof a people who's been changed by God and in turn want to go out and help meet the needs of others. That's who we are. Let's pray. Father, thank you.